You are listening to Discovery Church Podcast. It's our last week of our series, uh, Rainbows and Butterflies, and, and we're looking at this idea of, of how we stand firm in our faith when uh, the rainbows disappear and the butterflies fly away. You know, I think that it's, we've unintentionally maybe have sold people the idea that Christianity is, uh, is, is an opportunity for all your worries and all your problems and all your issues to run away when, when that's not the case at all. Come on, for those of you that have been believers for a while, you're like, hey, I know what you're talking about. And, and so I think that when you, when you are unprepared and you don't realize that, that Christianity, it is songs and it is community and it is family, but, but also understanding that you're in a battle, you're in a fight. When you don't understand that, the moment an attack comes, the moment that you have a sickness, the moment uh, your relationships aren't going right, the moment you don't have any funds in your account, we're like, man, this Christianity thing is not working. And it's very easy when, when those things happen to lose your footing in your faith. And I've seen way too many people who have loved Jesus that is the moment that, that something happens, they, they, they walk away from faith. And I'm like, man, we, we got to change that, you know. And so that's what this series is about. It's, we're looking at a letter written by this man named Paul. Uh, I said this last week, Paul is that friend in high school that you catch up with 20 years down the road. And he's like, hey, I'm going to church and I'm a Christian. And you're like, what? <laughs> like, that's Paul. <laughs> That, that's Paul. Paul has a history, but all of a sudden he was miraculously uh, transformed by the love of Jesus. And, and, and it gives me hope, right, that if, if God can use someone like Paul, he can use someone like me. And, and so hopefully that's, that's uh, reassuring to you here, no matter what your past is, that uh, no matter what it is, that God can still use and he still wants to use you. And so Paul, he... Uh, this, this guy, Paul, he's writing a letter to the church in Ephesus. And what's amazing about this letter is that he's writing this letter from prison. So Paul is in prison and he's penning this letter about standing firm in your faith. Like, I don't know about you, but that gives him street cred like never before, right? Like, like if you can write a letter about standing firm in your faith while you're going through whatever... That's, that's legit. That really is. And so Paul, he, he's writing this letter in Ephesians chapter 6. And this has really been the text of our, um, of our series. Ephesians 6, verse eight, 10 through 18. I'm going to read it and then we'll get started. Uh, verse 10, it says, It's a final word. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood, uh, but against evil rulers and authorities of this unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Verse 13. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so that you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Verse 14, stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery, for those of you that were here last week, 
arrows of the devil. Put on the salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Pray in the Spirit at all times on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. This morning, I want to talk to you briefly from the subject, the art of attack. The art of attack. Let's pray one more time and then we'll jump in. Father, we love you. God, we thank you so much uh, for this morning already. God, we thank you. That it says in your word, God, that you inhabit in the praises of your people, God, that you enthrone yourself in the praises of your people. And so we thank you, God, that while we worship, you are in our midst. And so, Father, I pray right now that you would just continue to be with this time, God, as, as, as uh, we, we jump into this message, Father. I pray that you would give us uh, focus, God, for the next 25 minutes. God, that whatever we came in here with, God, whatever baggage, whatever issues, whatever holdups, God, we pray that you would just give us 25 minutes to receive what you want us to hear so that we can leave different than how we came in. God, not for our own benefit, but so that we can change the world. God, we love you so much. We honor you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So this morning, I'm, again, I'm excited about, about this message, and I kind of, um, for those of you guys that had to wake up early to get here and get your kids ready, uh, you guys know the, the struggle sometimes of getting here this morning, and so I, I say that because I want to encourage you, you're here already, so you might as well lean in. You might, you might as well get something out of it since you're here, right? You might as well. And, and so uh, hopefully uh, you can lean in and get something and, um, and leave, leave a bit better. Amen. <laughs> dodgeball. How many guys like dodgeball? So... <laughs> I, I am at the age, or I'm not me, my son is at the age now where he's a little older and he can play, uh, he can do activities with me, and, and so like I, I love this, um, and so it was about maybe four or five weeks ago, um, I introduced my son to dodgeball, <laughs> and, um, and, and uh, yeah, <laughs> it's... Uh, and so, um, so, so I introduced him to dodgeball. I was like, hey, bud, you, I want, daddy wants to teach you a game that's really fun. And, and, um, and, and so he's like, sure, like, let's play, right? Like, whatever you say. And, um, and so, so uh, he, here, here he is. And I'm like, okay, so this is what you, here's how we play. Daddy's going to throw the ball at you. And you got to move side to side so I don't, so I don't hit you with the ball. Uh, he's like, sure, right, like kids. <laughs> and um, so he's like, yeah, sure, Dad, let's, let's play this. Now, I, I do want to, to put this out here. Uh, my wife and I, whenever we have raised our kids, are now three kids, um, we, uh, we, we believe in preparing them for the real, real world. <laughs> And, and, and this idea that, that when you're out in the real world, uh, life comes at you hard. Come on. And, 
We, we've never been the uh, parents who are like, hey, A for effort, right? Like, the, I mean, we affirm them. Don't get me wrong. I feel like you're judging me right now. We affirm our kids and, and we love them, but, but we, we definitely don't believe in participation awards. And, and we definitely are like, we're, like we're trying to prepare them, right? And judge me all you want in your head, not out loud. <laughs> and, and, and so, so here we are, we're, 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 we're playing, do- and I say all that because I was, I, was letting it, I was letting him have it, right? And so I started off pretty slow at first, and I would throw the ball, and he would, ha, ha, right? Like, he, he would, you, you miss me, and I'm like, oh, boy, <laughs> right? And then, and then I pegged him, and it hit his legs, and it took his legs out from underneath him. <laughs> <laughs> And he fell, and I was like, oh, are you okay, buddy? You tripped, like the ball. Like, I don't know what happened. Um, anyways, uh, so, so like after a while, my son, like he eventually comes up, and he's like, Dad, I don't like this game. <laughs> and I was like, really? It's so much fun. And he, he said, I don't want to play this anymore, Dad. And I said, well, son, let, let me introduce you to the other part of the game where you get to throw the ball at the person. And he's like, I can do that? I was like, yes, you can. And, and so, like, I gave him the ball, and he would throw it at me, and, and he would hit me or whatever, and he was like, oh, this is amazing. And I was thinking about how he was on the verge of quitting when all he was doing was avoiding the ball. And how he was going to quit when all he was doing was being reactive towards the attack of the ball. And I was thinking about that, that this idea that if all you do in life is become reactive to the dodgeball, you're going to get tired. It's unsustainable. You cannot always be reactive. And what I, what I love about what Paul is, is, is writing in this scripture is that he, he's, he's saying that you're not just called to play defense, but you're called to play offense as well. That be, because he understood that, that you can only dodge for so long. But eventually... If you are going to want to win in this game called life, you're going to need help with being the aggressor, being the the, the thrower of the ball. See, Paul, what he's he's been doing in in, in verse uh, 10 through 18 is he's been been taking these objects, these Roman soldier objects, and he's been partnering them with just really good principles that, that can help us to stand firm. And what's interesting is that up until this point, all of the items that Paul has listed, all of the objects of the Roman soldier, they, they, they've all been like reactive gear. They had the belt, the shield, the helmet, the body armor, the shoes. And those have all been like reactive gear, right? But then all of a sudden, there's a shift, a a mind change in verse 17, because now all of a sudden, he's not just partnering us with with gear that's good to, to reflect or deflect, 
But he's now giving us gear so we can start doing the attack. He's given us the, the gear now for us to understand that, hey, as a believer, you don't just have to dodge, but you are in the driver's seat to attack. And, and, and I'm so excited about, about that because he's wanting us to know that, <clears throat> that, that, that we have this boldness and authority and ferociousness that's given to us in Christ Jesus. Watch, I'll, I'll prove it to you. Uh, Matthew chapter 16, this is Jesus. And he says this, I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and watch this, the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Now, uh, before, I, I, I've always read this as if the gates were the ones that were attacking us, right? Like, I've always pictured it like a movie, um, like a scary movie. I don't really watch scary movies, but maybe you watch scary movies, and, um, like, this idea, like, when, when a group of, like, teenagers, it's always teenagers, right? Like, they're being attacked. They run into the house, and they stand behind the door. They're like, don't come in. And then the attacker's on the other side just, let me in, right? And they're like, no, don't. And, and they're standing against, their, they're, they're holding the door. Please don't come in. I'm coming in. And so all of a sudden, it's like the bad guy gives up and he leaves, right? And then, and then the, the, the people that are behind the door are like, yay, we won. <laughs> we made it, right? Like, that, like, we, 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 and so, like, I was, I always had thought, like, that was what this verse was talking about. But when you really look into it, when you really dive into it, when was the last time you've ever seen a gate advance? When was the last time you ever saw a gate move? When was ever the time you saw a gate walk towards you? See, I don't think Jesus was saying that, that we're these people that are holding the door and, and, and the enemy's coming and we'll make it if we, just, if we just stand firm and we don't move and we just pray and we're like, God, please don't save me. Right? Like... I don't think that's what Jesus is saying. Quite the contrary, I think Jesus, what he's saying is in this movie example that, that here are these people and this guy's trying to come in and rather than holding the door, they're opening the door and saying, hey, let's go. Like that's what I think Jesus is trying to get at. This idea that you and I, we have so much. We have so much boldness that he's given to us. To play not just on the defensive end, but to attack. And I feel like we got to get this because sooner or later, if we just continue again to play reactive, we're going to burn ourselves out. We're going to be tired. And eventually, we're going to throw in the towel. And I don't want that for anyone. And so Jesus, he said, upon this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail. Listen, Jesus is talking about you. Jesus say, is saying that the gates of hell will not prevail when you go on the attack. Come on. You have power. 
And so how do we do this? Like, how, how do we do this? How do we go on the, on the offense? How do we attack? Like, what, what do we do? And so I'm so glad that Paul, he, he, he doesn't just say like, hey, you can attack and, and then end it there, right? I'm so glad that, that he gives us some practical points and practical keys. And so that's what we're going to do for the next couple moments together. Uh, we're just going to look over the two things that he gives us, that, that Paul gives us, that says that these are our weapons that you and I have access to. When we're under attack. So when you're sick, when life is not going the way you want it to go, when things happen, like these are the tools that you and I have. And so the first one is this for all you note takers. He, he says the sword of the spirit, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. I think the Bible is the most underused underappreciated item that you and I have access to. And then here's why I say that, because if you think about it, your Bible is like a Swiss Army knife. It's like multifaceted, multipurpose. Like the, right? And so, so Paul says that, that the word, your Bible, is, he, he says it's a weapon, but, but even more than that, we know that through Scripture that the Bible is your guide, right? Psalms 119 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. This idea that when you're a Christian, we're called to be little Christ, like, like Christ-like. And, and how many guys know that sometimes we just need a little clarity on what that looks like? God, what do you, what do you say about this? God what, how, God, what do you say about this? God, what do you say about this? God, and, and sometimes we just need clarity. And guess what? That's what the Bible is there for. It's our guide. It helps us to go through life. So that we can model a life of how we think, how we talk, how we act like Jesus. It's our guide. And so not only is our, is the, our Bible, God's word, is it our guide, but it's also our sustenance. In Deuteronomy chapter 8, it, uh, uh, God says, man cannot live on bread alone, but on every word that comes out of the mouth of God. And so just how you and I, we need food to, to, to help us physically, like our soul, our spirit needs to eat as well. And, and the way that it eats is by when you read your word. Come on, some of us, we're a little new, uh, malnourished, come on. And, and it's this idea that as you read the word, it strengthens you. As you read the word, it fills you up, it fills it, it does something inside of you. And so Paul, he, he's saying that, that um, not only is the Bible, not only is your word, it, not only is it sustenance, not only is it a guide, but he says it's your weapon. In fact, he says that it's your sword. So he takes the object of the Roman soldier, he says that it's your sword, and he partners it with the word of God. And so What's interesting is during this time period, there were three different types of swords that the Roman soldier would have access to. The first one, it was like a two-handed sword, and the handle was very long because the sword was gigantic. And the soldiers, they wouldn't really use it for battle because it was just too heavy, but it was mostly used in training so that uh, they can build up their arm strength. And so they had that access to that sword. The other sword was a long sword. These are the swords that you and I were kind of familiar with when we see in a movie. They, they, they're just long, and, 
Uh, the only thing with this is because they were so long, like you couldn't really go for the kill, like jabbing it in the heart. You, you got to kind of, because it was so long, you got to swing it, swing it wide. And, and, and this sword during this time period, it had, it was known for not really killing people, but just like slicing them. So maybe like you lose an arm or, but, which is bad, which is, it's bad, right? Like <laughs> nobody wants to have one arm. I get that. But, 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 and so here's this long sword that the, the soldiers had access to. But the third sword uh, that uh, Paul uses in the Greek word mahara is it's, it's a sword, but it's more like a dagger. And, and so this sword, it's about, it's no longer than 19 inches long, but typically it's never even that long. And this, this sword, the, the word mahara that Paul uses in the Greek, this, it had a connotation when people saw this sword, they knew you meant business because this is the sword that killed you. And it was short because it was close proximity sword, right? So it was like, hey, how you, <laughs> right? Like, ah. On the tip of the sword, it would, it would curve, so when it goes in you and they pull it out, like it's ripping out intestines. Come on. <laughs> and this is a sword that Paul chooses to associate your Bible with. You got access to something that can cause damage. I love what the author of Hebrews writes in Hebrews 4.12. He says uh, something along the lines of that uh, yo, the word of God is alive and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, and it could split between soul and spirit, bone and marrow. That's your Bible. That's what you have access to. And I think a lot of the times, like, we look at our Bible and we're thinking Fisher-Price plastic sword is going to, how is this thing going to handle my situation when in fact it is not Fisher Price, little tykes, but you got something that can cause damage. Paul's saying, hey, this is your sword. This is your word, your Bible. That's what he's talking about. So how does that really work? How does it play out? I'm glad you asked. Um, a <laughs> uh, perfect example Jesus um, Jesus gives and it's a story of Jesus he, he's in the wilderness for 40 days 40 nights he, he, he's fasting and while he's there for those of you that don't know this story while he's there the devil comes along and he starts and Jesus is here Jesus is hungry. If you guys have ever done any type of fast, never done a 40-day fast. But if you've ever had any type of fast, you know that you hear voices. You need to eat. <laughs> like You're like, okay, I will. Um, no, I'm just kidding. And so here's Jesus. He's fasting, right? He, he, I don't know what day he's on, but I know he's fasting. He's hungry. The devil comes along, and, he's, and he says, hey, Jesus. If you're really that son, if you're really the son of God, turn this stone into bread. 
They, they go to another, another scene where, scene two, Jesus is on top of this, this tower, and they're looking down. And, and, and the devil's like, hey, Jesus, if you are the son of God, throw yourself off the building. And that's surely the angels will catch you, will prevent you from your toes ever hitting the rocks. And then they, they, they look down at, at all the land and the devil's like, hey, Jesus, this is all yours. And all you have to do is bow down. And so here's Jesus. He's being verbally attacked. Close proximity, remember, the mahara, the, 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 the dagger, close proximity. Close proximity starts in your mind, doesn't it? When those lies start coming. And watch how Jesus handles this. Jesus doesn't say, you're right, I'm hungry, and I can't do this. Fresh loaf of sourdough bread and gluten-free, right? Like, he doesn't do that. Gluten-free, what? (laughs) I've been in Sonoma County too long. (laughs) He, he, He doesn't say that at all. But what does he do? He uses his word, his the Bible, and he uses it. And when the devil says, hey, turn these rocks into stone, Jesus quotes scripture. He says, man cannot live on bread alone, but on every word that comes out of the mouth of God. What did he do there? Shanked him. Come on. Jesus, jump off this cliff. You'll be safe. Jesus, he quotes scripture. Do not put the Lord thy God to a test. Come on. Then, then, then Satan's like, the devil's like, hey, this is all yours. You just got to bow down. And what does Jesus do? Scripture. Again, shank. Right there. Listen, that's what Paul is saying that we have access to. That, that in close proximity, when the enemy starts going after your mind, no one loves me at church. This relationship is not working. This Christianity thing is not working. My health is not, is not getting better. Whatever it is, that close proximity, Paul is saying you have access to the word of God that you can use to begin to... And the Bible says that after Jesus did that three times, then the enemy left. Come on, I'm just trying to help you out. Peter, Paul is just, is just trying to help you out with, with this. And so, so we have access to the sword. And, and then the last one, my goodness, the last one is this. The power of prayer. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests with This in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. So though Paul, he doesn't partner this with with an actual object, it's amazing that he's still saying, hey, if you're wanting to stand firm, you got to learn how to pray. You got to know how to pray. 
You, you got to know, you, you got to know how to pray. I, I'll say it this way. Prayer is vital to your victory. Prayer is vital to your victory. If, if you're trying to overcome whatever it is you're trying to overcome, you got to get to prayer and to pray. And so Paul, he, he understands this. He, he's saying that, that you and I, we have access to uh, this deep, intimate, vulnerable, powerful ability to converse with the God of the universe. I know sometimes it might feel like you're praying to nothing. Sometimes it might feel that, is anyone listening? Sometimes it might feel like my prayer walkie-talkie is not working. Like, but prayer is powerful. And so Paul, he, uh, he gives us three practices when it comes to prayer. And we're going to go over these real quick, and I promise you we're going to be done in like five minutes. And so here's the first point of how to pray. Point number one, he says, tap into the Holy Spirit. Tap into the Holy Spirit. Now, when Jesus ascend, when Jesus resurrected and before he, he went up to heaven, he said, hey, don't worry, because his, his, his friends, they were like, Jesus, you're leaving us. No. Jesus said, hey, don't worry, because when I leave, I'm sending a helper to help you. And now this is the same helper that Paul is talking about right here in verse 18 when he says pray in the, in, in the Spirit. He, Paul is saying, hey, I want you to tap into everything that the Holy Spirit has to offer for you. If he's our helper, how is he helping us? Well, he gives you power. He gives you wisdom. He gives you clarity. Paul is saying, hey, tap into this. Tap into him. Excuse me. Tap into him, the Holy Spirit. He wants to empower you. He, he, wants to, he wants your prayers to be full of power. Now, what does that look like practically, John? Well, for some of you in here, like tapping and praying in the Spirit, for some of you in here, that might mean praying in tongues in your personal time. Like, which is cool. For some of us, like that might look completely different. But, but here, here, here's, here's the beauty of it. It's nothing complicated. When, 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 when we tap into the Holy Spirit, this is, this is what I do in my life, in my quiet time. Holy Spirit, would you just feel me? Would you just feel me? That's it. Nothing, ooh, like nothing happens, right? Like, like no rainbows or nothing. Like, it just, Holy Spirit, would you just feel me? I think sometimes we just make things a little too complicated. And so before I ever pray, before I ever start praying, I, Holy Spirit, would you just feel me? Try that. Tap into the Holy Spirit. See, because there's power in there. There is power when you tap into the Holy Spirit. And here's the second one. Point number two, you got to know your arsenal. You got to know your arsenal. 
So for those of you that don't know, I have a newborn, and um, my God, I don't know what we were thinking. Like we were done. We our kids were independent. They cook. They we didn't have to watch him. And then all of a sudden, like it's like here's a baby, and and I think the problem is is that they're just too easy to make, you know, and and so. Hey, we're grown-ups. Come on now. Y'all like, ugh. Grow up. Grow up. <laughs> and so, so we have kids, right? And we have like this newborn, and it's, there's a five-year gap. And so like I completely forgot how to do everything. I don't know how to do it. It's like a firstborn, right? And so like he's crying, and, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. What so I change him. Still crying. I feed him. He's still crying. I try to put him to sleep. He's still crying. And I'm like, oh, Lord Jesus, help me. What do I need to do? My wife's like, did you burp him? <sighs> you got to know your arsenal. You got to know what to do when a certain situation arises. And that's what Paul is saying right here. He, he's saying, pray all different types of prayer. See, it'd be awkward if you came up to me and you're like, hey, pastor, I need prayer. Can you pray for me? Like, I'm just, I'm sick. And it would be awkward if I'm like, I'll pray for you. Jesus, I thank you for this food that we're about to receive. You'll be like, what, what is going on? What? He's crazy. Because here's the deal. There's different prayers that we have access to. And do you know how we know what those different prayers are? Here's how they tie in together. The word of God. And here's the awesome part because we, we know what to pray for and how to pray based off of what it says in the word. Come on, know your arsenal. If you're sick, start praying. Start claiming the word. By your stripes, Jesus, I am healed. Know your arsenal. I love it. And the last one, and then we're done. He says, pray consistently. Some of your version says, be persistent in your prayers. There's two areas that, that we need to always be persistent when we pray. Persistent when we see no progression and persistent when we see perfection. So we need to be persistent when we see no progression. So when you don't see anything answered by your prayers, you still got to keep praying. You still got to be persistent. You still got to keep going after it. You still got to claim it. You still have to be persistent. And then also you got to be persistent when, when we see perfection. When everything is looking good, it's very easy for us to fall off of prayer. And we got to stay persistent when things are perfect. God, I thank you that my life is looking really good right now. God, but I understand that it's only because of you. It's only because of your faithfulness. It's only because of your goodness. Be persistent. And I love this because Paul in this chapter 6, he's saying, guys, listen, you can stand firm. 
in your faith, when you put on the belt of truth, the body armor of righteousness, the shoes of the gospel of peace, the helmet of salvation, the shield of faith, when you attack with the sword of the Spirit and you pray, pray, pray. My prayer for you this morning is that that you would really just absorb this so that you can walk victoriously and that when things happen, when things attack, when when life kind of just feels like it's falling apart, which it will, like that you can stand firm in your faith because he loves you so much. Amen, everybody. Thank you for listening to Discovery Church Podcast. Remember, we will have a new message for you every Monday at 5 p.m. Make sure to like and subscribe, and you will be notified when a new episode is ready for listening.